Sadly, childhood trauma is very common and it can present in lots of different complex ways in early childhood care and education settings. As educators though, you're in an incredibly important position to be able to help children with the healing process. Today, we're gonna to talk about how this trauma can present and some ways that you can help. You're listening to the Early Learning Podcast, brought to you by StoryPark. If you want to get in touch, just send an email at media at storypark.com. You can also watch this interview on YouTube, which was filmed for our online talk show called Matt Time. You'll find this at youtube.com slash storyparktv. Childhood trauma is a really broad term. There are lots of different adverse experiences that children can perceive as traumatic. So for some kids, they might have had the unfortunate experience of, say, a sudden overwhelming or frightening event. Uh, things like an earthquake or a car accident or a house fire can certainly be perceived as traumatic for some children. Uh, for others, the adverse situation might be more prolonged, so spanning a longer period of their development. So we might see this, for example, in children who've come from refugee families, uh, or perhaps for children who've had really life-threatening illnesses and required a long period of hospitalisation. Most commonly though, the term childhood trauma really refers to children's experience of relational trauma. And by that I mean the experience of a caregiving relationship that's either frightening, abusive or unresponsive. And sadly, many children experience this kind of relationship. They experience abuse, neglect and family violence, sometimes further complicated by a parent's mental illness or substance use. And in these situations, young children are doubly affected, not only by the traumatic incidents that they've experienced, but also by the lack of healthy, supportive relationships during that really critical early stage of their development. To know how best to help, it's important that we first understand the impact that trauma has on children. And unfortunately, there's no clear formula for predicting this. We can't say this type of abuse leads to this particular problem because the reality is always much more complicated than that. Instead, we consider the complex interplay between many factors. We need to consider uh, the nature, the severity, the duration of the trauma, for example, the temperament of the child, and also the level of support and quality of other relationships in the child's life. There are also lots of other factors that can co-occur in these situations. So for example, we consider whether the child was exposed to toxins, say like drugs and alcohol, while in the womb, or they may have experienced physical injuries or nutritional deficiencies, uh, or the family's financial hardship. Uh, these can all play a role on influencing children's outcomes. Age matters too, of course. During that first year of life in particular, important brain pathways develop, making that first 12 months a particularly critical period. When infants experience trauma during this period, the impact can certainly be much greater given the disruption to their early brain development. Naturally, since there are a broad range of factors that influence the effects of trauma, those who care for or work with these children may notice a broad range of resulting difficulties. They may notice troubles relating to a child's overall development or their ability to concentrate, their learning, cognitive capacity uh, or their social skills. Children who have experienced trauma may have difficulty problem solving or have trouble controlling their impulses. And they'll often find it hard to calm down from big feeling states and may rely on physical strategies such as rocking or head banging. It helps to understand too that children who've been maltreated usually never reach a totally calm state and may instead always be on the lookout for danger. Because they're often on edge, they can find transitions particularly hard to deal with and may overreact to seemingly minor changes in their routine or environment. 
these kids may also struggle to read others' facial expressions and intentions and often demonstrate really challenging behaviours for educators. Children who've experienced early trauma also develop what we call a negative internal working model. And that means they may have learnt to see themselves as unworthy or unlovable. They will have come to see others as rejecting or unavailable and the world as unsafe. And these differences in how they see themselves, others and the world will naturally influence how they interpret various situations and choose to respond. Of course, the earlier we get into help, the better. It's important that we ensure children's safety and make sure they get access to the professional help they and their carers might need to recover. That said, there's a lot that educators and others can do to help too. This is one of the topics that I cover in much more detail in my webinar series that your educators are very welcome to access. But essentially, the key to helping children heal from this type of early childhood trauma is to build a strong, positive relationship with them. This really is the most healing thing you can do. Once we have this foundation, we can then start to address any of the important developmental tasks or skills that a child may not have gained but they really need to feel safe with us in order to learn these. There are three important elements that you'll need to consider when helping children in this way. Firstly, you need to reduce uncertainty and to increase children's sense of safety. These kids need consistency. They need to feel like they're in a safe, predictable place with you so that their physiological systems can gradually relax. Try to preempt any transitions and make sure you provide enough warning and support. Consider how you can provide that consistency and predictability in your physical environment, in your room, in your mealtime, staffing, even in how you smell. Even little things like wearing the same scent or perfume each day can be reassuring to a child and can really add to their sense of safety and certainty when they're with you. Secondly, focus on building trust and to help children feel understood and accepted in their relationship with you. Be honest and trustworthy. Do what you say you'll do. If you tell a child that you'll play a certain game with them after lunch, then make sure you do. Remember small things about these kids and let them know that you've remembered. Help them to feel valued and special. Model self-control in your own words and actions. It's helpful too with these kids to use non-blaming language when responding to their behaviour and to try to always avoid showing anger both on your face and in your voice, since this will often be perceived by these children as dangerous. You can see that just by focusing on these two areas, so reducing uncertainty and helping children feel understood and valued, you're helping to positively influence their internal working models that we spoke about before. Over time, with your help, they can begin to shift from seeing themselves, their relationships in the world in a negative light, to starting to see themselves as lovable, others as reliable, and the world as mostly safe. And that's an incredibly healing shift. Finally, once you've established this foundation, you'll be in a wonderful position to teach these kids any of the skills and strategies that they're yet to master. So for example, teaching them how to problem solve or to read different facial expressions, how to manage various social challenges or perhaps to teach them how to calm down. This will become an important part of your role when you're working with children who've experienced this kind of trauma. It'll help to think creatively about how you might teach these skills. You might consider using role plays or storybooks or structured play activities, for example. Of course, many children will still need professional therapeutic support, but ultimately the goal should be for carers, educators and therapists to all work together so that they can each contribute to the child's recovery. Educators are in a particularly powerful position to help through their ongoing daily interactions. By understanding the ways in which trauma can impact on children's development, we can really start to see the best ways to help. 
to those of you watching, I hope you never underestimate the importance of your role and the truly lasting impact that you all have on children's lives. You've been listening to the Early Learning Podcast, brought to you by StoryPark. Don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch, email us at media at storypark.com.